Welcome everybody to Imagine Faith Talk, the podcast where we believe that faith in God is key to unlocking everything you've been called to be. And on this episode, we're talking about the five things you haven't been told about your imagination. Yes, the five things you haven't been told about your imagination. We're your co-hosts, Kevin Alushula and Donovan Donnell, and we're getting straight into it. Donovan. Yes, sir. Why are we having this conversation for the high performers with higher values out there? We have to have this conversation because there's so many myths that we have to bust because so many people are stuck in the mindset that if I'm a high performer, I can't simultaneously be a person with high values, can I? Because too often there seem to be combative. Like I have to compromise morals, ethics, and other things, essentials, in order to be a high performer. But we're here to let you know you don't. And this conversation about imagination is where you are going to begin to understand as we ourselves is coming to revelation and paradigm shifts about this thing, this imagination, and how important it is, and how it ties into your uniqueness, and how when they come together and they join together, how we are releasing that greatness that that was uniquely placed inside of us for this generation. So it's a, it's a necessary conversation, Kevin, at, at the core of it. Amen, bro. I mean, like you said, I, I think the imagination is literally at the heart of who God is. Yeah. It's at the heart of maximizing our uniqueness and our passions that God put inside of us. And he's put so many passions to be able to be combined together to let out a joyful noise in each and every one of us. Like, I'll tell you, I think, I don't actually think I've told you the story. I think about the time where I finally realized this whole idea of playing cello and beatboxing at the same time, which I call cello boxing. It didn't happen because I loved music. It happened because I loved Chinese I was actually at a Chinese program and one of my Chinese teachers asked me, I'll say it in Chinese, which means, have you ever thought about putting the cello and beatboxing together? And at the time, I thought this woman was absolutely crazy. Who's going to take, as I think a lot of my friends would say, who's going to take classical music that has hundreds of years of the strict pedagogy and way of playing and tarnish it with something like beatboxing. But it's through that passion of Chinese, I realized when she finally spoke to me, what if there's a new thing that God's trying to do here? Mm. What if that's exactly where God is trying to take me into something that's never been done before? And that's when I decided, you know what? I'm going to put my all into trying this out. And in that experiment, all the things that have happened, I could never have imagined. And also, I started imagining sounds that I had never heard before from anybody else. But that was key into understanding all the passions that I had. And that's so powerful, though, because if you think about it, the imagination really does challenge because it's a new idea, a new way of seeing things that God is presenting to you specifically. And it challenges the way that we've been thinking. And who's to say that, you know, this is going to tarnish that? Maybe it's a lack of appreciation for the beatbox or maybe it's a lack of understanding of the, the foundation of where beatboxing comes from. You know, think, oh, this is going to tarnish that. God is, is so beyond. We see in part, we prophesy in part, we know in part. God knows the beginning from the end and he has planted within us ideas that he wants us to meditate on with our imagination and start to form a picture and then trust that thing so much that we implement faith to it and bring something beautiful to our generation just like what you did man and it's inspiring people not to necessarily do the same thing but follow the same model which is if God gave me a vision let me put some imagination to it and then put my faith on it and just see what it produces 
Amen. I mean, at the end of the day, every single personal testimony is for the betterment of others. So the thing is, the thing that God did with me, with my cello and beatboxing and all the stuff that I've gotten to do, I am not you, but God gave you literally those same tools. Who says that you, the young professional, can't create a business that nobody's ever seen before, utilizing the tools of technology that we have? Who said to you, creative, that you can put out an art piece or a piece of music that could change the way people see things? You have everything you need. And that's why we got to get into the imagination. So before we get into the actual Bible study that he and I went through, I want to start with the word imagination. What does that even mean? I went through the dictionary and I found this definition, the faculty or action of forming new ideas or images or concepts of external objects not present to the senses. So then I took the word faculty and tried to find a definition for that one. And it says, inherent mental or physical power, check this, a license or authorization. So if you combine these two definitions, you now get a completely new definition for imagination, which is the power, authorization, or license of forming new ideas or images or concepts of external objects not present to the senses. Donovan, when you're hearing this new definition, what is coming up for you? What's coming up for me, Kevin, is the responsibility that we have. We have a responsibility with this imagination that God has given us. The first words of the first five words of the Bible, my Bible says that in the beginning God created. And then later on you hear that God made us in his image. And for me, it always seemed like a mandate to create. And we've been given the faculties needed to create in this earth. And we see how God has done it through his word, through speaking. We see other people in the Bible, how they apply faith to this vision that God given, has given them internally. And I think that when I hear this definition, the word that keeps popping out is authority. Authority. And it reminds me of just like, it's not just, oh, if I want to or not. Like, it's something that God wants to happen on this earth that he wants to happen through you and he's giving you the authority to do it because there's a there's a darkness at work here on this earth that wants to stifle you, that wants to snuff you out, that doesn't want you to think outside of the box, that doesn't want you to be innovative, that doesn't want you to imagine, just wants you to fall into line and God is letting each one of us know, I've called you to do something very specific and not only have I called you, I've given you responsibility. That means I have an expectation, I have, God is telling us he has an expectation of a return on this imagination that he's given us. That's what I hear, man. And I love that because in this first point that we learned in Bible study, just like you said, creator is in your DNA. Point blank, period. If you are breathing, if you are human, Mm. if you are speaking, you are a creator. And God has given you authority and license to do exactly which is part of who he is. Because it's part of who you are. Like Donovan was saying, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created. God created. If you go through Genesis 1-26, it then says, then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule. So if that's the case, if we're made in his image, then we are creators as well. You have the opportunity and the authority but you also have to know the manufacturer of the gift. You have to know the manufacturer of the car so you can understand how the car is supposed to work the best. Likewise, if you don't know the manufacturer of your imagination, how are you gonna be able to utilize it in the fullness of potential that God gave it to you? 
I love that you brought that up because there was a quote this lady once told me. She said that if you don't know the purpose of a thing, misuse is inevitable. If you don't know the purpose of a thing, misuse is inevitable. I don't know where she heard that quote from, but when she told it to me, it resonated with me so deep to go back to God who is the giver of all good things and ask him what for. How would you see fit for me to use this? Because like with a book, I can read a book or I can use a book to level a table. Which one's going to be most beneficial to my life? And so I don't want to misuse my imagination by meditating on things that are not of God, that are not of purpose, that are not of uh, love and, and, and equality and, and gathering and bringing people together. But we can use this imagination however we want. But that's why this first point is so important to get back intently into relationship with God so he can show you with detail. This is why I gave you this tool, this gift, this faculty. One, yo, I I felt that in my spirit. And as you're saying that, I want to make sure we get a, a point across. I know that you may not actually be in a creative industry. But just because you're not in a creative industry does not at all mean you're not a creator. By and large, you are. Like I said, it's in your DNA. I mean, try this with me. Close your eyes right now. Donovan, I want you to close your eyes too, man. You're doing this exercise with me. I shut. Okay. You close your eyes and I want you to imagine a pink elephant. You see the pink elephant in a white room. Now, see that pink elephant jumping up and down on your bed, in your white room. Could you picture that whole thing? Yeah. Then that means you're a creator. It means you're imaginative. Just because you're not in a creative industry does not mean that you don't have that gift. Maybe your gift is actually supposed to be used in a nonprofit space. Maybe your imaginative gift is for you to think of and solve world problems. Maybe your imaginative gift is to serve people in your community in a way that they have never been served before. That's your gift. And you have to use it within the sphere of influence and the uniqueness that God put inside of you. That's the only way you're able to use it. God's given us all influence. He's, he's, there have been people, there are people assigned to your hands. There are people assigned to every one of our hands because we all have purpose. And there's people who, specific people who need to be impacted by that purpose. So I, I agree with you 100%, man. Like no matter what industry you're in, God wants you to create something there. And in most cases, as the Bible says, his will may be done on earth as it is in heaven. He has a will where he has planted you. God has a will where he's planted you. And it's up to us to obey him to the degree that we can bring forth his will in that place as it is in heaven. Amen. But that also means, as you're saying that, it also means that you can't doubt the potency of the gift. Because I feel like there are so many times in life where we may doubt what God actually put inside of us because we don't see us utilizing it. I mean, Mm. look, you know, Moses, God's like, I want you to go save my people. And he's like, I can't speak nothing good. Like my mouth doesn't work like that. Or Gideon, right? Be a mighty warrior. God, I'm the least of my family. Who are we to doubt the God of all creation who gave it to us and he is the one that put it inside of you. He's the one that is already affirming you. How can you not affirm the person that God said you are with your imaginative gift? I know I've done it before, but I just hope this is a, I mean, it's a reminder to me right now that I can't be that person. 
And you know what the crazy thing is, though, when I have been that person and I look back in retrospect, I recognize that my doubt limited my abilities. My doubt, like, doused out the fire of my gifting. And I hate, I hate to look back over my life and see that the only thing between me and allowing God's perfect will to be done in the space was my doubt. I, I do not like when I look back at that. I thank God for his grace, but I try to learn each time from my experiences that doubt is a dream killer. It is a gift destroyer. God needs you to walk. He said that you need to walk in full faith in me. And like the guy said in the Bible, sometimes our prayer needs to be, God, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. That's an honest, humble prayer that I've had to pray plenty of times when I see the damage that my doubt actually does to the full potential of what God wants released in this generation. Mm-hmm. Man, I feel that one. <laughs> I have had the same problems, but this is why we do Bible study. Yeah. So we can learn these things, teach ourselves and grow. So now we get to our second point in Bible study. Your imaginative gift was given to you so that God's will would be done not your own. And this is a hard one for I think any person that has um, an opportunity to do something on this earth that you know could be life-changing or, I mean, literally every single person who listens to this podcast, I feel like you're that kind of person. You have these imaginative gifts and you you want to do things on this earth, but how do we give it back to God? Because it's not for our own will. Like, let's look at these verses. Matthew six ten. As you said, Donovan, we talked about this. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. And Psalms 37, four and five, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him and he will act. Yeah. Donovan, what are you hearing, man? Man, the, th- the first thing that jumped out to me is the desires of my heart. And we, we hear that verse being spoken so many times. People saying, God, gonna give me the desires of my heart. God's gonna give me the desires of my heart. But what I had to learn was that oftentimes what we're hoping God gives us is the desires of our flesh, not of our heart. Say that one more time. I'm sorry. Oft- Do that, please. What, yeah. What I had to come to learn and understand is that oftentimes we're saying, God, give me the desires of my heart. Your word said you'll give me the desires of my heart. What we're subconsciously hoping for is that God will give us the desires of our flesh. That's where my that's where I was. Maybe that's where you were, if you're honest with yourself. And I think that the first thing that jumped out to me is just how important it is for us to delight in the Lord. Again, like I said earlier, when that intimacy is formed with God, he can show you how to properly use your imagination, your uniqueness, your faith, your gifts, everything else. And I hear this verse saying, delight in the Lord so that we can discern the difference between what our heart wants and what our flesh wants, what God wants and what we just want in this moment because of cultural pressures or cultural norms. Yeah. I mean, that's so good. I, I feel like it kind of goes back to the DNA of Imagine Faith Talk or what we say at the very end of every single episode. Love transforms us, right? We got this from Romans 12 too, which says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Yeah. We say love transforms us because our whole goal is to take away our hearts and align ourselves with the way that God thinks, feels, understands, because he's the one who created the whole universe, everything, the sea, everything that's within it, right? Because he is the creator God. Yeah. If we can align ourselves with who God is, then the desires of our heart 
are now the desires of our flesh because we've aligned ourselves with God. Now our desires are his desires. They're now one and the same. Yeah. Getting to that place, like you were saying, Donovan, is very, very difficult. So how, how, are you, how do you think about getting yourself into that place? Like when you feel like a fleshly desire is coming upon you, how do you wrestle with that? There's, there's something I told you before that I do called joy traps. And my joy traps, you know how people talk about booby traps. Booby traps are traps that are set to your demise, that are placed in places you wouldn't expect them to be by your enemy. And so if my enemy's going to have you know, booby traps set for me, as a lover of myself, I need to have joy traps set for myself because I've, I've learned that sometimes it's too late to try to do something motivating in the moment because I'm already, I'm already in the mud. I'm already in the quicksand. So what I have is alarms on my phone throughout the day that just keep me on point, keep me in alignment, keep me in remembrance of God's word. The Bible says I'll meditate on your word day and night that I may not sin against you. So I need to have, I have reminders on my phone of his word so that I can continue to meditate on it because the reason the enemy's traps have worked so well on me in, in, in my life history is because of amnesia. I, I forgot what God's word said or I wasn't mindful of it. It wasn't on the front of my heart and in the front of my mind. It fell in the background somewhere. So that's one of the ways I truly combat that misalignment is by having alarm set on my phone and of course, you know, having good accountability partners around you, people who can see what you can't see about your life and say, hey, you slipping. Dude, you, we always need those people to help us in that because if we don't, what if we devise thoughts and ideas and imagine things that were never God's to begin with? Yeah. That's a little, isn't that scary? I mean, if God's given us the authority and license to use it, if he wants his perfect will to be done, then who are we to step outside of that that will? And so I know one thing that I will also do, kind of like what you're talking about with joy traps, I I usually have to stop and just breathe. I just have to breathe. It's almost like a reset in my mind whenever I breathe and focus on slow breathing. Because yeah. then I can say, God, I am now creating capacity for your will to be coming in so that I can finally utilize the imagination for what you've called it for. What are you calling me to think, Lord? I don't want any blockages here. That that just reminded me that breathing technique. I've had to I had to do that this week. Uh, you know, I'm now full. I'm working a full time job now. You know, with, along all right. my other entrepreneurial endeavors, I'm working a full time job, and mentally, it's just taxing. And I recognize that when I'm mentally exhausted and I'm not honest with myself. My decision making is real flaky. It's real immature. And I recognize that I have to give myself moments to decompress. And I feel like that's what a lot of high performers don't do. They don't give themselves. Say it, bro. They <laughs> no, 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 no. Sorry, so sorry. I, I was saying that because I feel like in times of stress, that is when your imagination literally cannot work. Mm. It is, like you said, it's stifled mm. because you let the culture of the world make you cave in in a way where God's boundless, abundant energy yeah. and life cannot be sought after in your imagination. I actually realize sometimes I can't even have my best work done. I can't imagine the beautiful scenarios and be connected to God if I let my capacity dwindle. Hey, you guys, have I told you about Faithful Podcasts? 
Look, listen at this. The word of God is filled with voices of mothers, daughters, sisters, and wives. And each of their stories shows us different sides of God's love and faithfulness that is still true for us today. Look, on the Faithful Podcast, you will hear poets, songwriters, authors, and storytellers dive into these ancient stories to learn more and share about their own stories in the process. Faithful women lead the way to show other women that you have the permission to create, live, and think creatively for yourself. We're talking about 45-minute episodes hosted by Keely Scott and faithful women, including Amy Grant, Krista Wells, Christy Knuckles, and Trillia Newbell. Episodes release every Wednesday, so you can follow along at Faithful Project on Instagram or check out faithfulproject.com. Yeah, when my capacity gets too low, it impacts everything, man. It's almost like on your phone. When you have a low battery, an alert comes up and says, hey, do you want to go into low battery mode? Which means that everything we normally do, we're not going to do because we don't have the capacity to carry on like this for much longer. So it starts shutting other things down. And our body, this beautiful divine technology that God created, it needs capacity. It needs Sabbath. It needs God's word as, as fuel and, and refreshing. Like, And so for me, I recognize that I need to decompress. People would ask me questions and I'm just like, I'm a high performer. I know I can answer this right. God's like, listen, to thine own self be true. Know that you need to take a break, a rest, a breather, like Kevin just said, and say, I'll get back to you when I'm a little bit more clear-minded. But too often, we try to pressure ourselves into being great, into being excellent. And at this new job, every Friday, they do this thing called the learning ladder. And the lady who runs it asked me to partner with her because of my background in life coaching. And this past week, we did a subject called the truth about pressure. And we did this whole 30-minute interactive conversation with this team, about 30 people, about what is the truth about pressure? What don't we understand? And what do we think we understand? And how can we better manage pressure to be a benefit and not a demise in our life? And so, yeah, I think that's something that as high performers with higher values, we have to pay close attention to what we can do based on the capacity we presently have. Amen. So then once again, with the second point, your imagination was given to you so that God's will will be done on this earth, not your own. Yeah. Create the capacity that allows you to be fully aligned to God and you can see him so that his love and delight will be the delight of your heart as well. And now you can imagine the things that God has called for you in the biggest, fullest way. I love that. Now that brings us to our third point, which is sometimes imagining just isn't enough. <laughs> Maybe you can imagine all day. I know, right, bro? Like you can imagine all day, but sometimes that just won't cut it. Yeah. I mean, let's get to some verses right here. James 2, 14 and 26. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith, but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Or in another translation, faith without works is dead. Now we're not talking about salvation. We're talking about putting your faith to the plow. Yeah. Donovan. Yeah. What you get from this verse, man? Bro, at some point you got to pull the trigger. You know there's there's this saying in our in our um culture, um it's the thought that counts. People say, it's the thought that counts. I pre- <laughs> it's the thought that counts. I know you didn't get me a gift, but it's the thought. You thought about flying over here, but it was the thought. In the kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> 
the thought is the beginning of it. You know, you want to have your thoughts in the right place, but there's an expectation because if you if all you have is thought, then you'll be like the men with the talents and you'll be the one that buried it because you didn't do, you thought about doing some stuff with it. And then I was like, nah, I'm not going to do nothing with this. I'm just going to bury it. You have to put your hands to the plow. You have to put your faith to work. God gave you faith to apply it when he's giving you vision. Faith is for the vision. Imagination is that internal vision. God is saying the only way this comes forth is if you put your faith behind it, on it, underneath it, fuel it with faith so that my will can be done in this place as it is in heaven. So yeah, sometimes imagining is not enough. It's a great starting point. But there's more. There's more. <laughs> now, but I think there's an interesting part to that because I don't think people actively will themselves to not utilize their faith. Sometimes it's hesitation. Mm. Sometimes you've waited too long and you feel like the feelings of work will come. I know I have felt that so many times. I'm like, oh, I want to do this thing. I imagine this, uh, but I don't feel like it. But is that what God is calling us to do? To wait on feeling? I don't think so. There are so many things that I feel like keep us from the work. It's self-doubt. Mm. It's fear. Or maybe it's just excuses. You know what I mean? Yeah, you got to have that real conversation with yourself. And this is where the benefit of having accountability partners come in. Like, tell it to me straight. <laughs> oh, straight up, bro. This is why you my accountability partner. I'll be like, look, I I didn't get this done because just straight up, I, I didn't put an active plan in place. Mm. I feel like the reason that imagination is just imagination is because there's no plan to the work, mm. right? They say you have to plan the work to work the plan. Point in case, this podcast, with this new job, and I'm looking at my capacity and trying to put a schedule together, what do I do? I, I don't have as many hours I used to have throughout the week. And Kev sent me a text like, all oh, that's fine and dandy. Set aside time on Sabbath and Sunday. As your accountability partner, I'm letting you know where your faith needs to be applied versus where it could be applied. Kevin knows the gifts that God has given me and he also knows a portion of the vision that God has put over my life. And so it's his responsibility to make sure that my hands are staying to the plow, the plow that God has assigned my hands to versus all these other plows out there that I could be putting my faith on. And so I appreciate that. I just, that's what came up for me as you was just talking just now, like case in point, man, we're not just talking about it, but living it, you know, and appreciating it when it happens to us. Well, it's spiritual principles that we have to practically apply. Yeah. We know that if God has called us to invest, we can't just think about it and believe, oh, okay, well, now money's going to come. It's like, no, 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 no. You have to actually sit down, do the research. And if God knows that that's all inside of you, I know, Donovan, if God is... If God has given you all these gifts, I will make it my mission to make sure that your gifts are utilized because you're my brother. That's, yeah. that's, that is my responsibility. And work doesn't happen unless we take and accept the responsibility. How many, look, how many life-changing ideas, how many billion-dollar ideas, how many trillion-dollar ideas, how many people in the community that could have been served have not been served? How many ideas did not happen because we just sat there and thought? Maybe there are millions of trillionaires that never existed. It's possible. So that's why there's this verse, mm. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. I think this is really important. Mm. 
When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. Accept the work, accept the responsibility, accept what God's called you to do. Plan the work so you can work the plan. So you're not just keeping the imagination working only up here. Let it be your hands and feet. Hey man, I, I just love the fact that you brought that full circle because for me, as I was listening to you explain that last part about could be millions of trillionaires out there, God gives seed to the sower. And so as you are faithful with the least, God makes you ruler over much. And sometimes the thing you need to be faithful with is the imagination that he's given you. And to be faithful with an imagination or a vision that God's given you means to apply your faith to it. Get it out there in the real world. It doesn't matter if five other people seem to be doing it. It doesn't matter if someone is saying, well, this is the master of this and you're not. If you are faithful with whatever God has given you, he will multiply it. It's a promise in his word. So with that, we now got three points out of five that'll help you weaponize the imagination that God gave you. First, creator is in your DNA, point blank, period. Second, your imaginative gift was made so that God's will will be done, not your own. And the third one, sometimes imagining just isn't enough. We got two more points for you, so stick around on the next episode of Imagine Faith Talk. And remember, love transforms you, purpose defines you, and impact activates you by faith. We'll see you on the next episode. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Imagine Faith Talk. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you want to be on our journey with us, then there's a few things you can do. First, subscribe so you can know when the next episode drops and share it with a few people you think would enjoy it as well. Second, we'd love to hear from you. You can go to the bottom of our website, www.imaginefaithtalk.com and send us comments, prayer requests, or tell us topics you'd like to hear on the podcast or even questions you'd love us to answer. Third, join our Imagine Faith Talk Club on Clubhouse. This is a space where you can connect with other like-minded individuals, and the rooms are hosted and led by members of our leadership team. You can see a schedule for when our rooms go live on our club or on our website. And finally, follow us on socials at Imagine Faith Talk. It's all one word. We love you all, and we'll see you on the next episode.